and welcome to the Wharton Fintech podcast. I am your host Tarang Gupta and our guest today is David Yang, partner at Activent Capital. David has almost a decade of tech investing experience through his roles at TA Associates, Warwick Pinkers and Access Industries. David helps lead Activent's fintech investment efforts and his recent investments include Bold, Cardless, Current, Deliver, Joker and Cargo. In previous role he invested in the likes of Chime and Current. David is a true fintech fanatic and has around 20 consumer fintech apps on his phone at any moment. He pursued a BS in economics and a BA from the University of Pennsylvania and an MBA from the Stanford University. Join us as we discuss the concepts of escape velocity and hypergrowth from an investor's point of view, what David enjoys about his role as an investor, how Activent thinks about selecting companies to invest in, his take on which segments within fintech are going to boom and much more. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey David, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Oh, of course. Thanks for having me. So, where are you dialing in from? Uh, I am calling in from uh, New York. I'm in Manhattan today. Uh, have you lived in New York all your life or like are you a native of some other place? Um, I uh, I actually grew up in Southern California. And uh, I grew up in a suburb called Irvine that was probably the master plan, the most master plan community you can think of. Um, everything was a different shade of beige. Um, so, you know, uh, when, I, when I got to college, actually, I went to Penn, too, uh, many, many years ago, um, looking in Philly, looking for history and the seasons to change. And so I've spent most of my adult life now yeah, on these coasts. And then New York... Uh, consecutively, just the last kind of five, six years. So I've lived here off and on, you know, as a younger man uh, before. But, but I love, yeah, I love New York. I also love Philly. <laughs> so you're a West Coast kid who fell in love with the East Coast. Yeah, yeah. I still dream of going back at some point, but um, but but yeah, uh, I'm married now with kids, so that uh, dream is fading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's dive right in. For our listeners who may not know, Could you give an overview of your career and how you got involved in fintech? Uh, sure. Um, I, after Penn, uh, undergrad, I, uh, I started in investment banking uh, and then I moved on to, to private equity. I'm fortunate enough to, to work at a, a couple of um, uh, sort of very established institutions. I was at a firm, TA Associates and, and Warburg Pincus on the growth equity side. Uh, then I actually spent time at a, a large global industrial, effectively a, a very large family office called Axis Industries. They're a global investment platform. Uh, and then I joined uh, Activent uh, about a year and a half ago, coming up on two years. I'd say, you know, as I've taken different steps in my career, I've moved sort of closer and closer to, to growth equity. Uh, and then I've, through that lens, I've sort of watched, I guess, a bit the emergence of fintech over the last, I know it's been probably 20 plus years for my career, maybe over the last 10. Um, and I've been, yeah, in particular, just been fortunate enough to, to you know, get to invest in some of these fintech companies along the way, several other interesting sort of tech companies. That's how I kind of got involved in, in fintech. So you spent your career in finance, basically in finance with banking, private equity, now growth equity. Did you mm-hmm. kind of know from the very beginning that finance is where you want to be? and Do you feel that there are certain skill sets in your previous role that you gained, which help you now as an investor? Yeah, I, 
I wish I could say I had a crystal ball and knew that, you know, sort of finance and investing is where, where I, I guess would end up or where I would be. Um, it's probably been a lot more organic than that. Um, I, I would say I, I do love doing it now just because of the variety, the challenge, you know, not just investing, uh, but also I guess the, the opportunity and, and almost honor to work with some of these growth companies. Um, and then, you know, skill sets, I, you know, I think of it maybe more just, it's a little, a little more vague, but just the, you know, the ability to take, you know, I guess, various sort of hard problems and, and, you know, figuring out the answer to them, at least a hypothesis or an answer. And um, you do that enough, you know, across companies uh, and industries or within specific kind of functions within a company, as you're advising a company, you start making connections, you start seeing patterns, you start seeing um, sort of you know, similarities between them, things you've seen before um, as you spend enough time. And I'd say, you know, that's what is a bring for maybe, you know, one uh, one opportunity to the next, one job to the next, one role to the next. Yeah. So let's talk about Activent. What is Activent and what's your investment philosophy? Um, Activent Capital. Yeah, we are a global investment firm. Uh, we are fake, focused on making growth investments in commerce infrastructure companies. We define that basically as how you move, sell, pay, uh, and consume something. And uh, as you can imagine, you know, fintech is a very, very big part of that. Since this podcast, uh, we also spend a lot of time in supply chain uh, and logistics, as well as uh, commerce enablement. We think a lot of those things are coming together. Um, and I, our investment philosophy, I, I guess, is, you know, in my words, pretty simple. Uh, we're just looking to invest in the, uh, the best companies, um, uh, earn the right to be their partners by building kind of counselor uh, level relationships. Uh, and just look to be uh, good people along the way. So pretty, uh, I think pretty simple, pretty straightforward stuff. So Activist Investment focuses on companies that can achieve escape velocity in transform industries, right? Can you dissect this a bit for us? What does escape velocity mean and how do you identify founders and companies that can achieve this? Yeah, I guess if you had to break that down a little bit, you know, we are looking to invest in companies um, that are accelerating that are at the point of inflection. And we, we believe there a window opens up after a company has found product market fit and is starting to scale. We think this window sits at the stage between, you know, call it venture and maybe early growth. Um, right in there is, is our sweet spot and our focus. Um, we're also looking to, you know, when we think about finding companies that have achieved escape velocity, we're also looking to invest in companies that have, we think, high strategic, strategic value. So you can, uh, protect your downside as well as find kind of outsized upside potentials. So we're looking for strategic value that have inherent asset value beyond what you might see in a traditional, let's say, discounted DCF, a discounted cash flow analysis. And um, we think the strategic value, this outsized upside potential is generated from, you know, building mission critical platforms, having network effects, data modes, uh, great products, all of that good stuff. And so I guess that's, you know, bleeds into our, uh, how we think about finding these companies. Um, we know the characteristics we like. We think we've seen um, a lot of those patterns before. Uh, and so we've um, built up a strong org here uh, to go out and, and do that. Um, we take a thesis first approach. And when we're looking for these companies and teams, uh, it's backed by our dedicated research team uh, that we have out of Cape Town in South Africa. 
Um, and again, it's just from uh, continuing to invest in and build our, our active and ecosystem, which is our network of uh, sort of founders, execs, uh, past portfolio company CEOs, to, to, to all help us sort of triage and find our way to those very best companies. Is the fact that the inflection point exists somewhere between venture and growth, why you choose Series B as your main area of focus? Yeah, I mean, the, the, sometimes the actual lettering um, is, is, you know, the lettering hasn't been super precise, I would say, over the last uh, uh, X number of years. So, you know, uh, you can probably find post-product market fit uh, and this, you know, inflection window opening earlier stages as well as probably later stages. Uh, yeah, to be honest, we're not too hung up on um, the actual lettering of the series as things have gotten a little, uh, a little, um, you know, vague over the last uh, few years. So, Activity has invested in some amazing companies, including Better, Bolt, and Papaya. Why did these founders choose to partner with you over any other firm? What sets you apart? Yeah, it really comes down to being, you know, that the the building those counselor relationships with the CEOs, right? Or, uh, spending the time. Uh, being helpful to earn the right to invest, you know, bringing more than just uh, capital. It's the dedicated research team. It's the you know, operating support we provide. Um, and it's just being, I guess, good people, a good person that you'd want to work with. Uh, and so, yeah, we, we, we earn the right to invest um, and then look to provide more value than capital. And that's, you know, driving growth, that's building teams, that's finding operational improvements, that's facilitating access to capital, kind of all of the above. For us, our portfolio companies often are N of one. The number of uh, board seats per partner here is, is is quite low. So we can have the time and the bandwidth to really spend with our, uh, with our, our, uh, our companies. You have been investing for over a decade now. What are some investments, be it current or past, that you're really excited about? Either they performed really well or do you see a lot of potential for them to perform well moving forward? <laughs> um, that's a that's a fun question. The one I'm probably most excited about right now, and I'll I'll, I'll be a little uh, <laughs> uh, I'll speak from my own book um, if that's okay. So something we've yeah uh, current investment um, is a company called Papaya Pay uh, or Papaya. Uh, you can find it in the, the the app store. It's a consumer fintech product, uh, but basically. It, you know, it's it's it sits at this really interesting kind of strategic intersection of consumers, billers, and banks, and they offer a, a bill pay solution that allows consumers to pay any bill uh, instantly, automatically uh, through the app, uh, as well as through their partner billers or banks. As you can imagine, bill pay is a big stressor for Americans, especially now. Um, we're, you know, we worry about keeping track of our bills, not missing a payment, having enough money uh, to pay those bills. And half of Americans are, are late to paying those bills. So a, a simple, easy solution, you know, for them, it's a, a click of a button, take a picture of a bill, and it's automatically paid. That's how it works. Um, that experience, we, you know, I think, we think is, is that much more superior to the, the current sort of bill pay experience today, which is suboptimal legacy when you pay through your current bank or banking apps, right? Um, bills themselves actually believe it or not, still are quite manual. They're hard to keep track of. Most still come via paper. Uh, most are still one time. So um, there's a lot of uh, sort of fragmented one-off manual bills out there uh, that benefit from uh, yeah, having a simple, you know, one-click, take-a-picture, pay-a-bill solution like Papaya. 
And so Papaya's goal is to solve this pain point for consumers. And then along the way, bring in other tools to make folks' financial lives easier, like budgeting, credit building, planning, savings, and, and financing. And so um, we're pretty excited about what they're building and the, the, uh, the potential for what it could be, given the size of the, the market size of the problem they're addressing. Since it's launched in 2015, Activent has raised four funds. You have $2.5 billion in asset under management. What's your secret sauce? How does the fund become successful? I don't know if we point to a secret sauce. I think it's just um, it's just hard work, uh, doing good deals. Uh, it's doing right by our um, by our founders, by our LPs, um, and folks in our ecosystem. Um, we just strive to be good people, know a lot about our space, earn the right to invest, uh, and keep doing it. Rinse and repeat. I'm talking about potential. So we had Activent a while ago on the Wharton Fintech podcast. What has changed in these two years and what's next for Activent? Where do you see the fund going? Yeah, the firm has definitely grown, I think, in the last two years. Um, I think we've went, if I remember correctly, I think we've gone from one office at the time. I don't think we'd opened Berlin yet, but one office to four offices now globally. Uh, I think the number of folks at the firm has increased, um, maybe doubled. Uh, don't quote me on that. So the, the firm has continued to uh, to, to grow. Um, I'd say we've continued to uh, you know, build out the team, build out our processes, build out the org uh, to make ourselves a, a, a larger, more scalable uh, investment firm. And I think the uh, the goal going forward is to continue building on that, to build a long-lasting foundational investment firm. That's the goal. My next question that might be of special interest to our listeners is active and hiring. If yes, what do you look for in potential colleagues? <laughs> um, I know we've been doing a, a good amount of um, sort of talking to candidates, but the you know the core of your question maybe is what do we look for in candidates? Um, and I'd say you know you ask folks here, everyone might have a slightly different answer, but um, I guess I'd boil it down a little bit in my mind, in my words to. You know, we're just looking for folks who have uh, good judgment. We're looking for folks who can, uh, you know, take complex problems and and uh, you know find the the answers to them um, uh, and back it up. We're looking for folks who ask the second or third level deep question. The folks who look to be sort of proactive and thoughtful, um, thinking ahead on what analysis or what work we might want to do. Um, I kind of bucket all that under uh, you know folks who are intellectually curious. Kind of bucket all that under this, this you know, kind of bullet of judgment. Uh, that might be the, the the biggest thing we're we're looking for in uh, in our candidates. Now let's tap into your passion for fintech. For our listeners, can you break down the fintech landscape and talk about which segments do you think within that landscape will really drive growth for the next three to five years? <laughs> the fintech landscape is a big one, Drake. I think that's a that's a big ask. Uh, <laughs> I could. Maybe I could double click a bit on consumer fintech in in particular, if that's all right. Where I've spent some more time, maybe go there and see where the conversation takes us. But um, yeah, I, I'd say consumer fintech has been obviously a, a, a very interesting category for, you know, arguably, I guess the last twenty years, maybe since the founding of PayPal. You know, the last ten where I've had sort of the privilege of of getting kind of a closer look at it. You know. Been fortunate enough to sort of watch, I don't know, the rise of the alternative lenders, the robo advisors, obviously the neo banks, and uh, you know, I think a 
continued sort of evolution of, of products today, I would say, you know, the, we are still in probably early innings of the consumer fintech opportunity. Um, I'd say a lot of the products we've seen so far have been probably more, you know, taking existing products and reducing costs or reducing friction, making things work better or faster, which is good, which is valuable, which is important. Um, but now with, you know, the rise of all this interesting infrastructure, which is another whole section of fintech we could talk about. Um, but now with the rise of all this infrastructure, you know, I feel like there's still sort of way more to come in terms of maybe almost new innovative products you can create um, building off of this infrastructure that won't be just about saving costs or let's say more kind of incremental improvement, but could be you know, really interesting foundational fundamental innovation. Um, so, uh, I don't know, consumer fintech feels like, you know, the opportunity now to build the next JP Morgan, Bank of America, Vanguard, Schwab, Synchrony, you know, that opportunity is, is you know, just as exciting as ever. Um, the stars have aligned for somebody to do it or lots of folks to do it. Um, and so I'm kind of, you know, waiting for this next wave of, um, I think, interesting, innovative products um, to happen in consumer fintech. Um, that's why I spend you know, time in it. That's why I'm excited about it. Um, I don't know. Hopefully that makes sense. Let's flip that question on its head and talk about the segments or verticals within fintech that you think are overhyped or you're bearish on in general. <laughs> um, I, I don't. Yeah, there's a lot. I would say it feels like there's a lot of areas of um, fintech that have been overhyped. Um, I mean, heck, even parts of consumer fintech itself, uh, you could see some of that or a lot of that maybe in where public markets are are trading for some of these companies like um, you know, I now pay later, uh, uh, even some of the neobanks uh, that, that have gone public, um, you know, the, the infrastructure, you know, that's been, I'd say pretty overhyped, you know, the banking as a service issue processors, um, a lot of these guys that have emerged, um, you know, I'd say there's been a lot of noise, a lot of headlines, but in terms of sort of actual kind of maybe traction or, or, you know, user accounts um, has been, you know, relatively light from 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 our sort of uh, our standpoint. You know, not that I'm bearish on any of these things, but just um, acknowledging that you know there's been a lot of hype, a lot of interest, uh, and now I guess the hard part, you know, the hard part is here. The hard part has come to actually build, you know, real businesses <laughs> off of the the momentum or the hype or the money raised over the last you know X number of years. So let's move on to the final segment of the question and answer, which is basically a rapid fire round where I try and introduce you as a person and as an individual to our listeners. My first question is, what's a fun fact about you that most people don't know? I've got, um, I've got six siblings. Um, uh, one full sibling, uh, two uh, <laughs> half siblings, uh, and three step siblings. So uh, if people don't follow those, it's your, your parents get divorced. Uh, one set of parents has new kids, has kids again. And another set of parents has, uh, you know, stepkids. Um, so uh, I have six brothers and sisters, um, <laughs> and so you can imagine the holidays are are pretty uh, are pretty hectic. And new research indicates that some of the preferences are genetic. Are all these siblings in finance or allied fields? <laughs> uh, no, actually, I, I don't think there's uh, every. I, yeah, I don't think there's any overlap. I think everyone's in their own um, in their own in their own category. I have a brother at, at Facebook, 
uh, another uh, sibling and uh, sister in um, kind of creative design and arts. Uh, one is still in high school or college. I guess he just started in college. Yeah, no, I, I don't think anybody else is really in, in finance uh, uh, or investing. Uh, <laughs> everyone staked out their own paths. I've heard you use a lot of fintech apps. How many fintech apps do you have in your phone right now? And which ones are your favorite? I know it's like picking a favorite child, but let's give it a shot. <laughs> um, I have probably, yeah, maybe 10 or 12 on my phone right now. The favorite, I, I haven't actually started using this one, but I am excited to, to try it. I'm still in the process of, I guess, the application and getting the card, but I'm a company called um, Built or a, a card uh, called Built, B-I-L-T. Um, that is... That I guess allows you to pay your rent with a credit card um, in a sort of no fee to you and a no fee to your landlord kind of way. And I guess you pay it via credit card, you can earn uh, you know quality uh, points. Uh, the rewards program is is uh, seems pretty um, seems pretty robust. So uh, I am uh, excited to try this and start using it. Um, it looks like it has a pretty full featured app supporting it as well. Um, where you could book travel and, and do some other fun things. Um, so that's that's the one I'm probably you know uh, I don't think it's a favorite yet, but I'm I'm really excited to start trying. I was I've been lucky enough to invest in Chime and Current, um, so both of those apps are on my phone. So if I had to pick a favorite, it'd be those guys because <laughs> I because um, uh, I'm just such a big fan of what they've built. Um, so yeah, I'd say Built is the most intriguing one, and um, you know I have to say Chime and Current if I had to pick. Uh, uh, pick a favorite or pick favorites. Well, as someone who has paid a lot of rent over the past one year, I think I should check out Build. At least some <laughs> money back. <laughs> yeah, it feels like rent in New York City just keeps going up. So uh, that was also part of the catalyst for, for for checking out this card. If money was not a constraint, would you be doing? <laughs> That's so funny. I, I've just had this a couple of these conversations. I, I guess I, I'm not a huge follower of the lottery, but I think the money ball or power ball or something has reached astronomical proportions. So for whatever reason, this question, if you win the lottery, what would you do has come up a lot. And um, I'd say I'd, I'd probably buy something fun and frivolous. This is what I said weeks ago. Uh, and then I just kind of go back to work. Um, I don't know what that fun and frivolous thing uh, would be. <laughs> I have, I have three kids, so so maybe something like a, a giant bounce house or something. Um, but uh, I'd probably be uh, back at work maybe the the next day. You know, like I said, this this job is just um, it's just a lot of fun, especially you know focusing on fintech. If you could go back in time, let's say ten years, what advice would you give a younger David? <laughs> um, buy and hold Amazon, Facebook, <laughs> Visa, Mastercard. PayPal, um, eBay, no, uh, no Bitcoin. I would say Bitcoin would be the first one, right? <laughs> you got me there, one hundred percent. Bitcoin, uh, for sure. Um, yeah, that's a. I, I, I would say, don't get too caught up in I don't know having a master plan and you know five to ten year goals. I think thinking about those are helpful, and there are. You know, I went to business school too, so so you know, I know business school exercises that that, that go along those lines. But um, you know, maybe to make it a little more manageable, I would have told myself, you know, just you know, whatever you're doing, enjoy it. Um, but as you continue to think about progressing in your career, you know, think about the couple of things you really like doing and try to do more of that. 
and think about your job and the couple of things you maybe don't like to do as much or, or maybe not aren't as helpful or aren't as good for you. Try to do less of that and kind of continue to shift your your role and or your job or your employer or your whatever, you know, continue to kind of incrementally optimize for the things you like. You know, that would have saved me probably, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of maybe, you know, mental stress as a younger man trying to figure it all out on on day one. So, um, yeah, that might be what I'd say. Uh, in addition to the stock picks, uh, if I could go back. Yeah. So you talked about not having a master plan, but if someone knows they want to win growth equity and let's say they're in undergrad or MBA right now, and they have done no finance before this point, what path would you advise them to follow? Good judgment, intellectually curious, like to solve complex problems, they should reach out to us. <laughs> so maybe a, a shameless plug for, for Activin. Uh, I think, um, you know, being a good investor, you know, doesn't need a, doesn't come from a set path active. And one of the things we pride ourselves on is I think the diversity of backgrounds by folks here, you know, we have folks who've started businesses, folks who are very creative, folks who come from banking or consulting as well, folks who've built investment firms, kind of all of the above. So um, I'd say, yeah, no, no, no set kind of path in terms of background, um, at least from our point of view, my point of view. Uh, but what you should do is, you know, look to uh, continue to refine one's judgment. You know, so be interested in interesting things and have interesting things to say about them. And then, um, you know, put yourself in position to, to to go meet some of these folks or firms, you know, if you want to be an investor. So, you know, whether it's reaching out to Activent um, or other firms you might like or admire or know of, I'd say it's just those couple of things. But uh, uh, there's no uh, monopoly on, on uh, you know, banking being the the path to, to being a good investor, obviously. So all, uh, all, uh, all, all applicants are, are welcome. <laughs> on that note, I'll let you get back to work. But thank you so much for being on the show, David. I appreciate it, Tarang. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the What in Fintech podcast. If you like the show, then please show us some love on social media or consider leaving a review. It means a lot to us and helps spread the word to more listeners. If you want more content from our fintech community, please subscribe to our podcast and find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Medium at Wharton Fintech. There you will find interviews, articles, videos, and much more analyzing all aspects of the industry. As always, special thanks to our editor, Rafael Osteria. Signing off until next time, I'm your host, Tarang Gupta. Gupta.